Okay. Command. Uh, I'm K. recording now. Command um, K. Uh, oh, I'm not. Tom, it is International Day of Persons with Disabilities. Yeah. Uh. Sure. <laughs> That's very interesting because I don't. I don't think most disabled people are very crazy about the persons with disabilities kind of yeah that's like the yeah phrasing person person of disability or what <laughs> yeah that's like a very 90s remember thing. when they tried different to make differently abled a thing differently for a time? abled somebody used that recently like on TV or something and like cuz they thought they were like trying to be sensitive and it was like okay you know good for you like but like everyone it just made everyone else <laughs> just cringe yeah, for a it's second. just like, it's it's clumsy is it, what it is and well and it's denoting that you don't really fully like accept and understand those like there's you're othering them in your mind still does that make right. sense like yeah it's like ooh, i better give me a second to think about this right way and we all do that when we're trying to like yeah learn new stuff but i also think it's, it's just, like oh you're not disabled you're differently abled and there are folks who are like no there are like things i legitimately no. cannot do and it is kind of juvenile to pretend like <laughs> yeah. I, I can you know i didn't mean for my money that's every single disabled person i know right so. <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's how most people feel uh, um all right we should clap should we clap let's, let's do 20 There was a big delay there. <laughs> there wasn't a delay on my side, so. <laughs> Does that? I don't know. I sent I it know. first, so that means you're the one that's behind. Okay, great. Um, you're, you're operating on Ohio time. Yeah. Um, Listen, you guys are crazy. You just won the Eastern Conference Championship true. for MLS in yeah. Columbus. Congratulations. Um, it was... It was most of the people who scored on yesterday's games were all former LAFC players or LAFC players. So you're welcome. <laughs> well, you know, you got to start somewhere, I suppose. <laughs> LAFC, and, once uh, again, I, I don't best you, in the West and will be best in the MLS. I don't know if you week. saw the the uh, picture I posted, but someone had a banner uh, <laughs> at the thing that says FC Cincy killed Harambe, which is true. Not a lot of people know that. They don't want you to no. know that. <laughs> Some will point out that her, that FC Cincinnati was founded after Harambe died, but that's, you know, that's just when they publicly, that's, that's you know. neither here was, nor there. <laughs> anyway, uh, we should start the podcast. Welcome to Sensor Noise, a podcast about photography. <laughs> whoa, hey, whoa. I'm Andrew, hey, joined as always wrong, by Arthur. This week, one. a totally different podcast. Now, wait a minute. Why does, why does <laughs> Arthur sound so handsome in this episode? Hmm. <laughs> Just hmm. kidding. Arthur's a very handsome fellow. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> that's not. I love. I love Arthur. Critical support for Arthur. Well, that's um, not what critical support means. I learned this. Critical support doesn't mean like resounding support. It means you support, but you also have some complaints. Oh, oh no! Yeah. So for me, that's just normal support. Well, right. That's just how yeah. I normally support things. Criti critical support is the equivalent of that, like the Onion article that's like heartbreaking. Worst person you know makes a good point. That's like critical yeah. support, you know. So uncritical support. Yeah. Right. <laughs> for, just general support. <laughs> yeah. Just, just the, the kind of support that you're thinking in your head. That's yeah. what I offer. Speaking of support and 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 um. Something that poorly supports uh, its intended purpose. Mm. I saw um, the other day for work, I was off site at another location 
which is right near a brand new set of superchargers, Tesla superchargers. Is that uh-huh. what they're called? Superchargers? Yeah. Unfortunately, what a stupid that is what ass they're name. called. Um, they built a big old block of them in like Victorville in a very, um, it's not like the worst part of Victorville. It is right off of the 15 freeway, which makes it convenient, but it is in an area where it's, um, there's a lot of like homeless people, shanty town kind of. So it's very funny that they put these, these like row of like 30 Tesla chargers there. Like there's just a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. And so normally it's like, uh, fuckwads coming from LA to Vegas and they'll stop there and do their supercharger, get out of their car and be frightened <laughs> at what they see. <laughs> There's like a 99 cent store in a Harbor freight. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then our charter school, you know, that's mm-hmm. like the only thing around there. Mm-hmm. I, anyhow, I saw a, a, uh, cyber truck pulling out of there, going back onto the freeway. I only saw it for like a, a little bit. Cause I was turning in the opposite direction. But in that brief couple seconds, it was the ugliest automotive um, vehicle thing, whatever you can call it, that I've seen in my entire life. Yeah, it was hideous. It. And I. Th- I. I thought I was having a stroke. I thought. I thought like the simulation was glitching because I just saw a big weird polygon, mm-hmm. like the texture map hadn't loaded correctly. It was goofy as hell. Yeah. I'm just on the Cybertruck website, which um, the logo for this makes it appear that it's actually called the Cyber Um, (laughs) because it's like done in like a graffiti-esque style. Um, This is just a ridiculous vehicle. I don't I don't know. It's like it's like massively over designed to the point that it's like going to be a pain for them to manufacture. And I don't know that like more than like 30 people are going to buy it because it's not a practical vehicle. You know, it, it's just a status symbol kind of thing. The, it's what funny. They the try to, that- they try to, they have videos of like a cyber truck, like hauling a trailer of construction equipment and some guy plugged into the uh, 120 volt outlet that it apparently has in the bed. And it's like, that's just not going to happen in real life. <laughs> You know, it's so not, it's going to be like the guy who owns the DeLorean or whatever that like drives it around town on the weekends. It's not like, I mean, if it, if you try to do anything more than that, you're going to break or kill. Like this is just buying this car is asking for a vehicular manslaughter charge. Yeah. It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. It's just like the sharp angled death machine on wheels that, or you could just, you know, do it to yourself because from what I hear it, uh, it just turns anyone who's inside the cab into like a meat slush. If they have an impact, like of 35 miles per an hour yeah there was some there was some footage of a crash test and uh it appeared that because they've made this thing out of stainless steel that it 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 doesn't really crumple per se um so the front doesn't really absorb (laughs) the impact it just transmits the impact force to the whole vehicle (laughs) which is not what it's supposed to do um i'm very curious if they will bother or be able to sell this in europe which has um much stricter regulations much stricter both (laughs) crash and pedestrian safety regulations because i don't think that this this seems to like barely meet you know 
American regulations. So <laughs> it's so it looks it looks like some guy who is sexually attracted to industrial um, restaurant equipment wanted to make a car mm. like you're driving a freaking oven hood. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, driving around that was a, my rice, news. a rice cooker. Freaking spatulas yeah. falling out the back. I, what I'd really like <laughs> is my car to to have approximately the same aesthetics as an instant pot. You know? <laughs> Dude, don't disparage instant pots like that. They look way better than this. That's true. They actually have curves. <laughs> instant pots are coming from like a Japanese anime future, mm, and this is mm-hmm. coming from like a a really crappy American 1970s sci-fi future. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Dystopian. It's like different, right? Very well, you know, at least we got some good news this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, um, Henry Kissinger's dead, and we uh, we love to see it. Um, he's he's uh, literally rotting in hell. Yeah, um, people rip, rip to a real one. People were like, I don't know, it's interesting. People are like, oh, you know got him kind of thing and it's like well he did live to a hundred yeah it's it, <laughs> like ult- unfortunately ultimately he did kind of get away with it he got a nobel peace prize for prolonging a war um the, people people who can still really get off on schadenfreude i i envy them because i can't like that button in my brain has been pushed so many times it's there's nothing happens no chemicals are coming he, out you know he, what i mean he died you know, like peacefully at home, surrounded by family at age 100 kind of thing. Like what would have been appropriate for him, you know, would have been to like, uh, dude, you know, dude get was killed by born... having his private jet shot down in the eighties or something, you know, dude was literally born before the great Gatsby was written. Yeah. You know, and he lived this long. Mm-hmm. He didn't deserve that. That's, you know, there is no justice in this, but world. It, I'm th- sorry. Well, there is some good in the fact that he's not, you know, not continuing to be around fortunately so you know and he will be interred in one permanent place that people can piss and shit on yeah it's that another, is an upside yeah right another public toilet <laughs> <laughs> okay aaron right. i need i need to know what is what is your real work age do you talk more like a millennial or boomer at work the washington post has a quiz that will help us determine the it's only eight questions. Um, I'm sure the Washington Post is the best place to uh, analyze youth culture. Um, yeah, of course. And the difference. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 100%. I, I mean, I looked at some of these questions. I refuse to do this on merit because I'm too cool. Uh-huh. But now that I'm seeing it here and we're recording well, a podcast, I'm nothing if not a whore for content. Okay. I was gonna, um, I'm glad you're going to go along. Otherwise, I was going to ask you eight completely different unrelated <laughs> questions. <laughs> And give me four answers yeah. to the possible options. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. so like the question, first question, here we go. It's time to update a coworker on a team project and touch base on a few outlying things. How do you reach out? First of all, um, these are things I would never do. Yeah. I would never touch base. I would never I don't think you're meant to touch base without things. consent, you know? I think that <laughs> I would never just reach out. <laughs> yeah. These are not things the, here, I would the, do. The only time I'm reaching out is when I'm listening to Depeche Mode. Am I right, folks? 
Um, okay, so my options are how do we, how do you how do you reach out? <laughs> Pick up the phone and call the person. Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. Fuck yeah. that. <laughs> if <laughs> that's that a also, phone call. Also, like is, what phone? Uh, my own phone. I don't have a desk phone. You know, like who okay, has a desk I phone? I do have a desk you phone, a and I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. You know what? But I sort of wish I had much. a desk phone so that people would be forced to call me on it and then I could like slam it down, you know, but <laughs> yeah, it's hard when you work on computers to pick up a handset and like the thing they're asking you to do is with a keyboard that you need to type with right. two hands. That's this is that's, always that's a recipe for shoulder and neck issues. Really? Yeah, I, I've yeah. really gotten kinks in my neck from that. Um, all right. So pick up the phone call. No, quickly send a short email that gets directly to the point. Perhaps mm -hmm. send an instant message or text summarizing everything in one block of text. Mm -hmm. No, that's aggressive. That's send one much. or a series of quick instant messages or texts as long as you have a friendly social relationship. Yeah, I mean that's what I would do. Like most of the people I'm contacting with, I'll just get on. I. I'll get on like um, Google chat is what we use in lieu of like it's Google teams or whatever Google in lieu of like yeah. um, Slack, et cetera, Slack and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that's what I would do. Okay. Your preferred form of communication often relates back to what you have the most experience using in your earlier career. This is untrue. I started working in freaking 2008, 2006. This shit didn't exist back then. Yeah. I just, uh, am not an old crusty fart. <laughs> I can adapt. Okay, question two. Um, the past several weeks have been a doozy. You've worked long days and nights, met crazy deadlines, and dealt with problems at work and home. To top it off, this morning you slept through your alarm and spilled coffee on your shirt and your power went out. You're at your mental edge. What do you do? That's the longest question. I I know. <sighs> what do I do? I'm not feeling like going to work. Yeah. Go, okay. Tell your boss you're anxious or burned out and need a mental health day. I would never tell my boss or anything about what I'm dealing with. What yeah. He doesn't need to know. Like, I'll just say, like, I'm not feeling well. I'm not coming in. Suck it up. Get your work done. You don't highlight your... <laughs> your you, you deliver. Yeah. I, ugh. Uh, Take the day off to decompress, but refrain from explaining. All yeah. your employer needs to know is you're taking a sick day. Yes, yeah. that is the correct answer. Because That's all they need. They... They will always use any information you provide to them um, against you. So you should provide as little information as possible. Mm -hmm. It's so weird that the reason they give is that the younger you are, the more comfortable you may be with expressing mental health concerns as the stigma has declined over the decades. Yeah, stigma, stigma my balls. Like, yeah, I don't know about that. You, <laughs> that, that, was, that was somewhat true during the pandemic, but I think that uh, we've been moving backwards on that. Is, is my feeling i just think that like, that's a luxury for rich and powerful people yeah. Do you know what i mean well like, but and our, all, but also as as like companies are making layoffs and things like that the lip service they paid in during the pandemic to like mental health nah. and all that that has just evaporated and so now it's like <laughs> yeah. now it's like oh you're having mental health struggles uh literally any reason we have to get rid of people and save money like that counts yeah bye -bye. during your annual bye -bye. review <laughs> During your annual review, your manager lists off areas for improvement to advance. This is the first time you're hearing this feedback and you disagree. What do you do? 
ensure you get a proper response and request more regular feedback and context. Agree no. to do better because you respect the chain of command and want no. to progress. Both of those get both dis- of those are striver nonsense. That's I'm not about <laughs> that's that. Not, yeah. That's not me. Get discouraged and consider looking for a new job. Eh. Listen and realize you may not need to progress to be happy and focus on balance in your life. That's it. But yeah, <clears throat> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, I don't have good mental health, so I'm a get discouraged kind of person. But uh, <laughs> I think you would be the one who'd be like, mental... I don't really care like what you have to it's, say. I think the difference is for you and me, like we're we're like um, we both have depression and anxiety. But I think my depression always wins, and your anxiety always wins. If I that's correct, would be yes. so I think I have say, anxiety yeah. that causes depression, and I think you probably have depression that causes anxiety. If that makes yeah, sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I'm more on the like, well, just put my head down and not think about it, ignore yeah, like, yeah, it, just whatever. hope it goes away. Just maybe I can just melt into a hole into the ground, and then I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. They don't yeah, have a, they so, don't have an option here for like get very angry and flip the table, which is also a value. Valid, you know, <laughs> like, frankly, yeah, I don't know. They don't have an option. That's Here's like the thing. It, begin, it, begin to run a discreet campaign against everyone who's wronged you to right. make their life miserable at the job, which is also a valid uh, thing to but do. like here's the thing if if the first time you're hearing feedback about like areas you need to improve is during your annual review, like that's not good management, I would I would contend. Yeah. You know? I mean, I would I would say, oh, noted. Um, and yeah. then I would just keep all of what I would literally do is start keeping a record of any time any of this was mentioned mm-hmm. for my future lawsuit in which I would completely devastate the company. Yeah. When they, you know, fired me with without good, well, you know, it's like, justified cause. Obviously they've been thinking about this, but rather than trying to help you, they've been waiting to spring this on you as like an excuse to say like, oh look, your review is bad. Yeah. And guess what? You're not getting a raise this year because your review is bad because of all this <clears> stuff. <throat> and it's like, great. So you've been like basically secretly keeping a list of bad things that I've been doing, you know? Which kind of gives away what they're actually concerned with, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um... <clears throat> So question four of eight, it's the middle of the workday and you need to send your colleague a text to ask about the meeting that will begin in an hour, which best describes your approach to the message. First of all, I'd never this is too early, like an hour, like good Lord. <laughs> I'm, um, like, I'm not like either I know or I don't care. It's not like yeah. always start with a salutation and name. Dear Amy. Good afternoon, Amy. And use punctuation and capitalization that's, to separate sentences. That's far, oh my God. far too formal for a text message. You're sending a text message and you're saying salutations, Amy. You, you might as well good, get out a good quill. Morrow. You might as well get out a quill pen and some parchment. <laughs> you just started out with behold. <laughs> Dearest Clarabelle, I hope this letter finds you well. I do have a query to you regarding the upcoming meeting that will take place within the hour. (laughs) Often use punctuation and capitalization, (laughs) (laughs) but you're less formal and consistent. Mm. Uh, Maybe often don't use punctualization and capitalization. Rather separate your thoughts with different messages. Never use periods or capitals unless you're trying to emphasize something and keep messages short. 
I don't know if the last few are mutually exclusive. Yeah, I don't know. I guess my thing is like separate <clears throat> your thoughts with different messages. That is that is typically what I do because I'm like of the AOL, like AIM yeah. generation. It just depends on. So I'm I'm messaging. Who am I messaging? I'm gonna send your colleague Amy, a text. Yeah. So if I'm if I'm texting a colleague and not using instant messenger or something like that, then we're probably friends. Yeah. So I would probably like. You'd probably just yeah. Use I don't I, know I I I do use punctuation and periods, but I do keep messages short. So. I'm going to, for me, the, the emphasis is on just keeping it short and, and, you know, not super structured. The way you communicate quick messages relates back to how you learned to relay message earlier in life. That is false. I grew up in the (laughs) eighties. Didn't they mention, didn't they say that sort of thing earlier too? Like they're just repeating. Yeah. Anyway. It's like the same thing. Question five. You're on a work. <laughs> Go ahead chat. and read that one for me. <laughs> You're on a work chat about the latest strategies for an upcoming project. Your colleague makes a lighthearted joke that you find funny. How do you respond? Say that was funny. <laughs> You're <laughs> that's, so funny. That, that's a psychotic that thing so to do. <laughs> LOL. Hey, that was funny. Have you ever thought about doing stand up? <laughs> uh, LOL. The cry laughing emoji or the skull emoji. Um, I'm a, lo- I'm a lol type of person. Typically. Yeah. I, I feel I'm like the lol. cry laughing emoji is a little too Facebook. Um, I've literally everywhere I can reconfigured the like reaction mechanism. If it allows you to not do the, the cry laughing just to do the laughing. Mm-hmm. Cause and I, I find I, I the underst- cry laughing I, annoying. I understand the kids use the skull emoji to indicate like, dude, I'm like, I'm dead. That's so funny that I'm dead. Yeah, it's killed yeah. me, but I don't, that doesn't. That's not how I. If I'm it. like texting with, if my you send me a skull emoji, my... I'm like, what is it? Like Halloween spooky season? Like, what do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> if I if I'm like messaging like my family or my nephew or something like, yeah, I will do that. But I'll I'll say lol, yeah. <clears throat> which is pronounced lol, not lol. Mm. Um, similar so. <laughs> to your preferred preferred form of communication, your use of slang or emojis point back to normalized behaviors you learned earlier in life. Experts say. Well, they I don't. Su- I suppose that's maybe true of lol, but like emoji have not been around that long. I don't know. And it's and it's more based on the situation. Yeah. Like that for me, I understand all of these different ones. I would never say that was funny, ever. Right. Like I just wouldn't comment, dude. That that <laughs> was so funny. Question six of eight. A colleague sends an email asking you for an update on a project. What are you most likely to do in your response? Double space between sentences. Uh, do, f- do not no. do this. Do not do, do not. This. That's the worst thing. Why do people do that? Because they're used Ugh. to typing on typewriters, I guess. I don't know. Ugh. I have good good and bad news, depending on your perspective about typography and computers and, and things like <laughs> kerning and all of that. Uh, use a lot of exclamation points or count them if you're worried about being too enthusiastic. Um. Use a less formal salutation like hey or hi, followed by the recipient's name. Uh, avoid emailing for other quicker messaging options if possible. Um, I guess I um, think if someone emails me, I'm generally going to email them back. Yeah, it feels kind of weird to switch communication modes. I, I would probably, I'm going to say the use a less formal salutation kind of thing, but the, I don't know, that's odd. 
None I, of these are things I would do. I would just reply back like, "Here's here here's go. the way right, with the yeah. information." Yeah, I, I wouldn't right. like like I don't worry about it too much. I don't. Yeah, like if someone is reaching, if I'm reaching out to someone, I'd probably say, "Hey, person." You know, yeah. but if they reach out to me and I'm replying, I don't know that I would put a citation at all. Not necessary. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just put because the, not the, the vibe war, I'm going you know? for on what I do is that. So I'll pick that formal formats of communicating come from older boop, generations. Boop, boop. I just, you know, <laughs> we're just telegraphing. Each also, other. I never I, I Aaron, will never, stop. ever, ever start start with, um, you know, dear. Or something. I yeah. I just say the person's name. Right. I would say Ryan, comma. Yeah. Or nothing. Like I don't know. These. It's like these people actually never worked a regular job. Who wrote this? Mm-hmm. Like they all went to journalism school at Yale. I don't know what <laughs> would make you think that. Um. Question seven of eight. Your colleagues discuss work all day long on Slack during video meetings. They also use the chat function to chime in while you or other people are speaking. How do these chats make you feel? Overwhelmed, the chatting feels disruptive and too hard to keep track of. All are included. Chat tools make it easier to communicate with colleagues and participate without speaking. Now, I'd sometimes do. Um, it depends on the meeting, obviously. Like if it's like you know a meeting with the CEO or whatever, like that's serious. Like then I don't. But like if it's a meeting among coworkers and someone's talking, and I think of a funny joke, I'll just drop it in the chat because I don't want to interrupt them while they're saying something but it's like i just <laughs> this is not something that i've ever experienced in my work life I, yeah. I, like this is very i also feel like this on is people who like work in um like startup or like their work from home yeah. mm-hmm. super kind of blue collary or sorry white collary kind of like uh, this is not something i've experienced because like my meetings are like in person uh-huh. like i don't know Anyway, I would, it wouldn't make me feel overwhelmed. I would like want to do good bits. Like I'd, I'd just see them as my audience. Do you right, know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess included. Yeah. Not really though. Like yeah. I wouldn't feel any way about it. I'd just be like, oh, let me perform for the monkeys. Um, question eight You send a colleague you have a friendly relationship with a text or chat message during the workday about a project. Which of the, you know what? It's funny. All of these are like about a project. Yeah. Let me tell you, we're not communicating about a project. No. Let's be honest. <laughs> Which of the following are you most likely to include in that message? Gifts, words and phrases like unalive or it's gifting. No. Emoji that mean what they are. A signature at the end of my comment. Oh my God. Put a signature at the end of the comment. No, Just kill me. No, like, <laughs> no signature. And I would never use the phrase unalive. That's. I would never, ever, ever. Emojis that mean what they are, I feel like is, I'm, I'm a little offended, but like a lot of emojis mean what they are. That's sort of the point. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't I'm say I wouldn't do any of these, maybe gifts. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I would say, here's the thing. I know what they're going for by words and phrases like unalive or it's giving means you would throw in like current slang. Right. This is not current slang anymore. This is only your out of touch millennial friends are talking like this. Yeah. This is not what younger people are talking like. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I mean, I do include, I use, I use gifts a lot. I I would say that. Yeah. Um, Okay. So 
my results are I sound most like a millennial at work and I also have some Gen Z and Gen X habits. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I have 0% boomer habits, so there you go. Yeah, I'm I'm not I yeah, zero of your responses sounded like a boomer. Yeah. Anyway. What a surprise! I'm like a, a millennial. Uh, I'm a millennial, but I don't. I don't. Yeah, I'm not really millennial. Like I would never use the word adulting. I would never be twee. Like yeah. I don't know. I, this is not a good quiz. Are you suggesting better. that uh, that uh, uh, generational cohorts are just sort of made up nonsense? This is made by Danielle Abril who is a tech at work writer focused on technology education, Southern Methodist university, BA in journalism in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Who else? Alyssa flowers graphics reporter. Okay. So she did the graphics. The graphics are cool. Alyssa, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. This other person, Elena Lisa, they don't even want to link you to what she's about. Let's look her up. Shall we? Do we have, um, <laughs> Must, oh, she's also an illus- she's also an illustrator. Oh, okay. So it took two illustrators and one journalist to make this. All right, great, <laughs> cool. Anyway. Um, speaking of bad opinions, I've only got two for sure. This for sure, man's not thick today. But you know, sometimes no. sometimes people like a like a like you know short and sweet one. You know. Yeah. Well, um, and you know, like a, a thing I've noticed about the content that we use for, for Sherman is that it, it just like, it's just on a great cycle, you know? So it's it like, is a great cycle. It just, it's just the same sort of nonsense that comes around. Cause these people never learn. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's how they keep their job in the content mills. Like, right. If they learned, they would, they would be care. like me and they, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be on the cursed websites. Yeah. Um, so this is, comes from William Crystal. Remember that guy? I do. Bill Crystal. Yeah. He he came out with a banger uh, today. Is it today? Yeah. No, yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. <clears throat> At 8.21 a.m. This is what Bill Crystal is up to. I'm awake. He says, I'm getting my coffee, and I'm about to issue a hot take. Folks. He says, so Cornell West is basically the Donald Trump of the academic left, a con man, demagogue, narcissist, and exploiter of the credulous with far too many semi-respectable defenders or semi-respectable peers who won't call him out. I, <laughs> so true, bestie. Yeah. <laughs> He's exactly like Donald Trump in so many ways. You can uh, tell which, because which so you, many people care about him. Which you can name, but just aren't naming. Yeah. But you did put two pictures of them side by side where they're both scowling. Yeah. So that does kind don't, of don't they look the similar? Point. Yeah. No, whatever. <laughs> I can't think of like more different people. Like Cornell West is a little wacky. I'm not gonna, you know, defend him. He, he can be wacky, but his his presidential I mean, campaign is obviously just sort of a waste of time, but you know. Right. Whatever. But like he's not he's not nowhere near Donald I don't even know. That's yeah. crazy. Um, speaking of dullards, Matthew Iglesias is at it again. Oh, uh, God, this, this one guy. almost gave me an aneurysm. Why don't you tell <laughs> tell our listeners? Just looking at it makes makes my head hurt. It, this uh, tweet says it's interesting that so many people have found work despite the bad economy. And then this is a graph of uh, uh, U.S. workers hit a milestone not seen since 2001: the share of 25 to 54 year olds working. 
the prime age employment to population ratio is at its highest level in more than two decades. Better than anybody else. Uh, it's probably not worth exploring why that may be. Um, <laughs> this is this is the thing. Also, is, so one of your favorites, Will Stansel, was spending basically oh, the gosh. whole week, um, trying to do this thing of like you know. All of the numbers say that the economy is good, so why do people still say that the economy is bad? Like, why do people feel like the economy is bad kind of thing? Um, and they just can't conceive that, like, numbers don't measure vibes very well, you know? Well, and they don't... The, the, the thing is that the interests of the people measuring the numbers are not aligned with the interests of us. Right. They who who's taking these polls, who's doing these statistics? It's not it's not like for the people. Well, it's, it's also for, like uh, it's for corporations. All of these, it's, you measures, know what I mean? It's, all of these like sociological, like anthropological measures, um, don't. I mean, they. But these aren't even sociological or anthropological. These are just economic measures. Well, right, this but I mean, like, not the nature of what they're trying to measure is not like you can't. Uh, unlike something, it's like, very ephemeral. Right. It's very not Un unlike something in my world where I can stick a thermometer on something or I can stick a voltmeter on something, get an exact measurement. Like you can't measure a lot of this stuff. You like you have to you have to construct it in a certain way to try and get your data you know like this is their like the prime age employment to population ratio you know people have been saying for a while like oh uh, you know the like we measure the unemployment rate which is the rate at which people are losing jobs but what you know there's a separate measure which is like the amount of you know the labor participation rate like the amount of people in the population who actually have jobs you know and it's like that can be high but unemployment can be relatively low because people aren't necessarily losing their jobs they just don't have jobs to begin with kind of thing. So it's like, it's all about the frame of reference. And like, it seems obvious to me that the and also current like, economic measures aren't really showing the whole picture. And they, no, no, they no. don't want to think about that too much, too much. <laughs> well, it's, it's obviously cherry picking to prove their point, right? It's not any basis in reality because anybody, if you talk to anybody and sit them down like a normal U.S. worker, show them this graph and say, say, see, isn't the economy great? And people, the, the, the first thing anybody would say is just having a job doesn't mean you're happy or that you're doing well. Just being employed is not a measure of success. Like, right. you, could, you could be working at McDonald's and not making enough money to pay for your gas to get to your job at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Is or is that person going to be happy merely because, well, at least you have a job like it's so untied to the lived reality of people that it's just farcical. And the fact that they think they can keep pushing this and that it's going to do something is is amazing to me. Like, I think the only purpose it serves, like I, I used to think, oh, they're trying to convince people this is PR. Yeah. It is, but not in the way you think. It's PR to convince their fellow elites that people really are as stupid and ignorant and dumb as you think they are, so you don't have to listen to them. Mm -hmm. That that's all it's there for. It's there to to, you know, 
console themselves that yes yes we are very smart and intelligent and everyone else is stupid that's the answer so we don't really got to listen to him just just do whatever you want don't listen to people um which tends to be seems to be the vibe among the ruling classes today yeah which uh anyway if you, if you want you can you can, so can uh you can follow will stancil's uh twitter feed to watch him uh actively become negatively polarized as he tries <laughs> to figure out you know he tries to like square this circle it's sort of remarkable <laughs> I, each each day he's like a little further to the right <laughs> i will not be doing that <laughs> yeah. what what, Andrew, what is this what is this? Speaking of jobs. Um, the heading in our show notes is stew startup. <laughs> Check this out. Okay. Um, a, a, a listener sent this to me. Um, All right. <laughs> it was apparently in the local news. Um, Stu delivery. So I've seen, I've been seeing these ads plastered all over Columbia Heights and Mount Pleasant. I'm curious about, I'm curious, but can't figure out a contact from these signs. Does anyone know how to contact them? I'd love to get more information. Andrew, can you describe these signs? There's that are a being paper posted? sign that says stew delivery. You cook the rice. We bring the stew. $15 per <laughs> stew. Feed two plus per stew, one delivery a week, Mondays at 6 to 10 p.m. Only buy when you need four to seven meals at checkout. Weekly eat. 13 restaurants, 40 plus menus, more coming soon. Uh, DMV-based startup, give us a try. Interesting. Stew delivery. <laughs> That's... <laughs> so the best part of this, and I would never, ever recommend someone hit the, the discus... Uh, view comments button but you're gonna want to view the comments on this no one. dear <laughs> so the question that this poster is asking is like i mean i how do i get more information because you can see from the sign there's nowhere to contact them yeah it's telling you about their startup hey you can get stew delivery here's the deets here's how it works but no way to contact them mm -hmm. <laughs> so someone's like well how do i get the stew so this first comment uh, stand on the intersection of 16th and Irving and shout stew and the stew will come. Yeah. Uh, an advertisement without contact info is a bit like stew without rice. Carl Weathers would love this. Can I still get stew if I don't cook any rice? <laughs> <laughs> and then the reply, but you cook the rice. Yeah. <laughs> um, Apparently the, the key thing here is it says weekly eat and that's the name of the service is, is weekly eat. Uh, um, which, uh, appears to be, uh, a sort of local, um, like DoorDash thing, but specifically for the DC area. Mm. Um, but also like almost every link I click on the website takes me to like a 404 page or something like that <laughs> well it's a so, startup you know what i mean yeah um wh th th why don't you read this this <laughs> from comment from 303 george 303 uh, george i gotta scroll down here <clears throat> 303 george <laughs> where did what where did uh, I, you might have to i don't see it oh yeah he says uh Stew may be one of the easiest and cheapest things to cook. The nah. laziest college dorm stoner could pull it off. Plus, with Black Friday coming up, you could be able to get a crock pot pretty cheap. For $15, you could make enough stew to feed an army and still have some left over for the Navy. This is such an American <laughs> comment. 
why, why, why don't you, don't you, why don't you start yourself? a stew business? Yeah. Start your own stew business. And then this this is another American comment for fi- replying to that guy for $15 and the time and energy of learning how to cook stew and the time and energy of going to the supermarket and the time and energy of actually cooking the stew. You can make enough stew to feed an army. Yeah. There are a lot of things that I'm willing to pay someone else to do for me because I'd rather spend my limited free time and energy doing something else. Not sure cooking stew is one of them, but I imagine there are some people for whom that's the case. Um, a lot of problematic assumptions in this comment. <laughs> <laughs> These people are fighting about a fake stew It's, it's ableist to it's... assume that I have the time and energy to go to the supermarket <laughs> and buy ingredients to make stew. Oh man! How do what? I do what? Stew this delivery. Comment, you mean not everybody has a stew guy? <laughs> uh, fifteen dollars per stew. Feed two plus per stew. One delivery a week. Yeah, it's super clear. Yeah. Weekly eat. Weekly and eat. it's all weekly eat is one word like weekly eat we- weekly week- eat weekly eat <laughs> week weekly eat. <laughs> <laughs> Week um, week liat. <laughs> week liat. We bring the stew. We, you cook the rice. We bring the I stew. I love that you it's cook like the you rice. cook the rice. Look, we will bring you fucking stew. But so help me God, if you do not cook the rice, I'm gonna lose it. Like, listen, we believe in two things here. Number one, we bring the stew. Number two, you cook the rice. <laughs> Only buy when you need. Yeah. Do not buy it when could, you don't could need. Could you possibly bring rice for me as well? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> it's simply unthinkable that you would even suggest that. How dare Give you? Give us a try. Give us a try. <laughs> <laughs> More coming soon. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, speaking of comestibles, I've got some today. Um, starting with uh there's a new there's a new talkies in town. Uh, rejoice it's a a new cheesy flavor and it's called intense nacho okay um which is funny because it's intense nacho and then it says non-spicy nacho is a bold and intense snack that ignites your taste buds (laughs) but the the description on this website isn't all caps for some reason (laughs) yeah that website was a fun one get ready for a snack that will set your taste buds on fire and leave you wanting more now you said this isn't spicy so i'm very confused yeah so it's not supposed to set your taste buds on fire yeah it (laughs) bold side with taki intense nacho it even has the little spice meter on the bag and it specifically says non-spicy so is it just going to be like overwhelmingly (laughs) cheesy like you just like you cracked open a, a a jar of Velveeta and like you know chugged it I mean, it tastes like almost exactly like a Dorito. Okay, yeah. Given given that Takis are just rolled tortilla chips, that, yeah. And then this is are a nacho cheese by, flavor. I don't know if they're made by Fri, Fri, Frito-Lay. Yeah, they just taste like knockoff Doritos, because the thing that knockoff Doritos always get wrong yeah, no, these are made by is that the chips bimbo. taste too, too much like corn. Yeah. Like Doritos don't taste very much like corn. Mm-hmm. You're just tasting the flavor. Right. Um, so these are, these are unfortunately more corny, but I, because they know this is them. the secret is that, you know, America is supposedly known for its corn. And we know that actually most of that corn is not like sweet corn. That's meant for human consumption, but also like Americans don't like, actually like the taste of corn that much. That's why we like slather it in butter and put it in other <laughs> things, you know, like, 
Yeah, well, and like the corn that is used to make like this stuff is um is a different kind of corn. It's like flour corn. It's um, right. Hominy is, but it's like uncured hominy. But even like um, you know, think of like corn bread, which does not taste a great deal like corn. You know. Well, okay, that you're gonna. Sorry, Wes is gonna fly into the chat here, um, listener Wesley, hmm. because people in the South are going, they're going to lose their mind. Um, there is you're, the cornbread you're familiar with is the cornbread that my mom also grew up making because she's Jiffy she corn muffin. Good, she spent yeah, she spent time in Ohio, and yeah. that's sweet cornbread country. Um. In the South, mostly it's not sweet cornbread, so it it's just like cornmeal and water and maybe like egg and fat. It's like very basic, and it does taste more like corn. So. Mm. They get mad, so I thought I'd bring it. That up. that to me uh, is uh, people in the South getting mad about something. Here we go again. That uh, to me, that's a vile act. Personally, you should be using <laughs> Jiffy corn muffin mix. That's <laughs> um, not to essentialize, have, but I'm correct. I, I'm back on my Bundaberg shit. Um, we love it. And I got some, They I didn't realize they make peach soda. Mm. That sounds delightful, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to open this guy up. I love their little pole tops. Here. I like that their uh, bottles say Australian family owned. And I like to imagine that they're specifying not only are they family owned, but it's an Australian family. Like rather than yeah. like we're Australian and family owned, it's like we're specifically owned by an Australian family. Not a new, not a not a New Zealand family or anything like that. I mean, they have their address is one forty seven, Bargara Road, Bundaberg, Queensland. That's that's very forty six seventy. I did so Bundaberg. I thought with Bundaberg was the family. Apparently, it's the place. Yeah, but this could be like a Hershey's situation. You know what I mean? Right. This is delightful. Why? Okay, so why do non-American sodas like why do Italian sodas? Oh my soda. soda! It actually tastes <laughs> like the thing, right? It like it tastes like peach. It tastes like real peach. It doesn't I, taste like it's because a peach simulacrum. I don't. I think they don't load them up with nearly as much sugar. Maybe that's it. Yeah, there's more flavor, less sugar. Yeah. Here's That's the thing. Good. Here's the thing. Corn syrup, cheap. Actual like flavor extracts, not that cheap. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, so I'm I got I'm another soda. I visit a bubble. I think I did these before, but I did a search and I couldn't find them in our notes. So this is this is another milder talkie. I don't know that you did. Um, and these are guacamole. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Takis, the smell. Takis guacamole, or as I call them, uh, uh, tacamole. It smelled like I was opening a package of jalapenos. Like interesting, fresh jalapeno. Very strong. Okay, so let's try this, dude. I made some guac. I I'm you'd be so proud. Everyone needs to be proud of me because <laughs> I made guacamole out of my avocados before they went bad, and I had to just throw them in the trash. Oh, very good, yeah. Which is like a cycle that I keep running into, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I'll buy like five avocados <laughs> the, used the, to the wheel the of avocado turns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I may I we literally have to break I, the cycle. <laughs> I I recently have guacamole. Like I I know what it tastes like because I had it last night. You know, what it's I mean? it's like. I buy the avocados. I wait too long. They go bad. I throw them out. I buy the avocados. I buy the avocados. <laughs> you cook the rice. 
weekly cardo. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, we bring the stew. Uh, you bring the avocado. <laughs> um, wait, I cook it uh... <laughs> Now that's an avocado-eating dog. Mm. <laughs> um, these are good. They that they dog ate more like... every speck of that avocado. <laughs> it tastes a lot more like uh, like cilantro and jalapeno. Yeah, then they taste like I. I feel like guacamole. I feel like trying to make a guacamole flavor, like powder kind of thing that you can put on a talkie. Like avocado is naturally a very mild flavor, and, and it's just so, fat. Like that's what you're tasting is the fat, the right? Just kind of. And so the cilantro and jalapeno would sort of shine through it. Like that's all you're really going to be able to get out of it. You know. Now so. I've had I've had something called a, a guaca chip. Guaca chip and gu- guaca chips do taste more like guacamole than this. Interesting. This guaca is also chip. this says this says mild, but it's um it's not it's it's el, medium. El I mean, sabroso guaca chip. The guaca chips are pretty good. I I adjure anyone to try a guaca chip because they're they're Moorish, no. as the British will say. <laughs> um, a guaca crisp. <laughs> I love that they. I love See, that the, the people is, who you can't take it seriously because in the UK they have to crisp. sell them as guaca crisp. <laughs> uh, oh, the, I love the taste of coriander in these. It's it's it. It wouldn't be a week without me hearing an English person call a tortilla chip a a taco chip because taco they crisp. think tortillas and tacos yeah. are the same thing and right. it drives me nuts. Yeah, well, I also a ta- don't a taco crisp. I also don't like listen, cilantro is the leaf, coriander is the the powdered root form. You can't call the green leafy or the part seed. coriander. That's nonsense. You know? Yeah. It's cilantro. They're up to no good though. Cilantro. Okay, so then uh, to wash it down, Making I got some sprite point. spiced cranberry. Winter Sprite Winter Spice Cranberry. That okay. That sounds. I'm I'm a fan of cranberry sodas. Me too. I go so hard on the like. So on. They do like they've done cranberry Sprite and cranberry Seven Up and such before, but I've never seen it called Winter Spiced. So I'm wondering if there's something else going yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, there is. There's. Is there some coriander in there? <laughs> There's a very subtle cinnamony, nutmeg okay, kind of right. like tingle mm-hmm. your tongue yeah, thing. Right. But it's like the same spices they put strong. in eggnog, but they just put it in Ugh, Sprite. No. <laughs> but it's not that it's I was worried if it was gonna be that strong, it wouldn't be good, but yeah. it's 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 good. Mm. Winter spice yeah. cranberry. I'm glad I got a six pack of that because uh I'm gonna be drinking more of that. Yeah. But uh first I'm gonna drink this Bundaberg peach because this is amazing. Listen, you know, Here's the thing about the gas station comestibles corners that like the whores are overwhelming, uh, but so are the treats. (laughs) I thought you said the whores. Oh, mm, not in my experience. Not for me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to speak for others. They never overwhelm me. Keep doing what you're doing, babes. (laughs) I can handle it. Uh, Non-critical support. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> overwhelming in, in some non-judgmental support <laughs> oh no it's like look you know the world is is uh overflowing with whores but we we 
horrors. You, you gotta work on your pronunciation of that, bro. The world is overflowing with terrible things. Um, but we, but we do. Apparently, the you know the, the recompense we get for that is that capitalism delivers us, uh, you know, flavor variations of of drinks and things we like got that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, like what's the, is there a uh, is there a uh, uh, see this is okay. Here's here's the thing. Yeah, uh, the Coca Cola company the they they spend all of their like flavor variation effort on like Coke and Sprite, and I I really need them to branch out. I need special flavors of like Barks root beer, and mm-hmm. uh, a- and like you know like the the sweet tea and like Mister Pib. You know, like we gotta we gotta. We got a branch. Yeah, out. they really haven't done much with Mr. Pib. They almost don't want you to realize he exists. Yeah. They're, like, they're trying to cover up Mr. Pib. <laughs> what, what did he do? Where was Mr. Pib on January 6th? Where in the world is. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait is, just a second. We should <laughs> do, do it. Do it again, okay? Where in the world is Mr. Pib? <laughs> Did that we work? Should, yes. Uh, we should we should do like a uh, like a a fake episode of Serial, but it's like you know, or no, it's like the the uh, you know the missing Richard Simmons podcast from a while ago. To <laughs> yeah. do like yeah. missing Mister Pib, <laughs> <laughs> trying to track down Mister Pib, you know, and like who, who is Mister? Who is the Jones of Jones Soda? Who's the Seagrams of Seagrams Ale? You know, Verners. Who's that? <laughs> Excellent. Who who does um, want a Fanta? You know, that's who's, actually a good question. Who's the Minute Maid? <laughs> more and more people are asking. You know, yeah. nowadays we need to know now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just looking to see if they've of, got any innovations in the in the tea space because Coca Cola owns uh, the Gold Peak Sweet Tea uh, that I drink. So they got sweet tea, they, unsweetened tea, zero sugar sweet tea, which is the kind I like, and then green tea. And that's it. So they they are revolutionizing in the Coca Cola. What's it called? The um the the big machine that makes all of the, the freestyle. Yes, the freestyle has a lot of stuff that you can't find over the counter. I, yeah. I have seen. So they like they oh, have the stuff that's yeah, like you have, to, you have to bring the card up to the pharmacist to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I want the good soda, please. N- not the vague they, kind that doesn't that's work. That's how soda started, do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but they have like cool limeade versions of um like there's a there's a pink lemonade vitamin water which is delicious. Okay, there's like yeah. a limeade um Seagrams you can get. There's like all these different kind of things right. that are different. Well, they I think it's pib. interesting. Let's see what you can do a pib. Right, cuz the 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 conceit of the Coke freestyle machine is that it's basically um, you know, you have the the carbonated water and then you have the syrup. Oh shit, you can get ginger sprite. Oh, Holy that, okay. Shit. That's that's uh, in my I'm wheelhouse. I'm getting that next time. Um, you know, you have the syrup for the drink and then you have like the flavor syrups, but it's interesting because they seemingly limit which of the like flavor like fruity syrups you can use with certain of the drinks and i think they should just like they let won't you let do... you do a grape grape barks yeah but they should they should what like it's an artificial limitation you know like yeah it, it should be listen i should be able to choose all of the possible combinations like why is there a citrus twist mellow yellow and a strawberry orange mellow yellow but you can't get those flavors on anything else 
Yeah, and why can't you put, get ginger in, in like yeah, vanilla why Sprite? Can't I get, that's interesting. You know, that would be weird. Uh, I didn't say like, it was good; merely that it was interesting. <laughs> like, do, like Dr Pepper only has cherry, cherry vanilla, strawberry vanilla. That's it. Yeah. Coke, you can get vanilla orange, cream soda, Coke. What? I'm not using. I'm not utilizing. I have access to a Coke freestyle. I I can. Wow, I need to use this. What do you mean, like, um, like there's one in your building, or like you know a guy who has one in his garage, kind of thing. <laughs> no, like all the Jack in the Boxes out oh, okay. here, which there's like a bunch of them. They all have it. Actually, so, yeah. I'm running for president on a platform of access to Coke freestyles, universal access <laughs> to Coke freestyles. <laughs> That's how we would know the economy was actually working. Yeah, we're gonna put a Coke freestyle you know, machine on every street corner. In you know, in every um, in every town. Speaking of America, I read this article recently. Andrew, Do we and have I'm to make speak you... of America? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, it's just uh, I'm sick. How of it. long? Wait, how long have we been recording? Oh no, we're not going to cover this. We're going to save this. Oh, okay. I'm not talking about this. All right, this week. Nice. there's way too much to cover. I win. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm moving this one up to potential topics. <laughs> we're not talking about. I that. said a truth. <laughs> <laughs> you did it you did it man if you understand yeah. this but you can you can just change your podcast while you're that's recording. true yeah you can yeah some people think you have to adhere to some sort of rigid format but that i'm here to tell you that's not true um, no and to wit we don't care about anybody who's listening this this is yeah, for us okay right. so uh, sorry sorry if that offends you we have a woke mob gets all mad about that we shit. have an aita is there a, is there a, a phonetic way to say aita should we be saying like aita aida aida i think people just say aita I knew, um i knew someone named named aida aita um check out this name i don't know is it don't look this person up okay <laughs> i knew someone it was like a parent mm-hmm. from when i was a kid aida Klingfis. That's quite a name. That's a name. That's a name Isn't for that quite sure. A name? Yeah. Now, now she married into the Klingfist clan. Right. The, 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 the Klingfists. <laughs> oh. mm. um, <clears throat> am I the asshole for getting upset when my partner packs her lunch for the next day before we've even had a chance to eat our dinner? It says here, normally I'm the one who cooks because I enjoy it and I'm the better cook. Now, I have a question for you right off the bat. Does this seem like a red flag to you? Or does that sound like a... I don't know. I'm a little... Con- Whenever people say, like, I'm the better cook, I'm like, okay. That is one of those statements that, well, may be true, but there's no good reason to say it other yeah, than... Right. Like, the only reasons you would say something like that is because you're kind of an asshole or... Well, you're, there you're you like, go. <laughs> well, you know what I, I mean? feel like, like you could I, say I, it I'm, as like, oh, you know, like a, 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 my uh, partner prefers that I cook kind of thing, you know, in a way that doesn't sound like you're b- perhaps bragging about. I don't know. Maybe this is just uh, you could even own, be uh, more you could even be more straightforward and say, I prefer my cooking to my partners and vice versa or yeah, something like, right. you know what I mean? But to say I'm just better at it. Yeah. Like. It's very nonchalant, and I'm sure they don't even realize that they're doing it. It's like very, mm-hmm. like, ooh, mm, you said a truth than when you didn't mean to. <laughs> right. When my partner gets home from work, the meal is usually ready or close to ready. She sets the table, it's just us, no kids, and usually she will wash her lunchbox and immediately pack her lunch for tomorrow straight from the stove. This is done before we- Why can't this guy- Wait, 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 we gotta stop here. Okay. 
pack her lunch for TMRW. Yeah, I can't straight spell from tomorrow. the stove. Yeah. Why couldn't you spell tomorrow? Every other word in there is the full word. Why? People sometimes Sorry. forget it has like two R's, I think, or something like that. But they didn't even use any of the vowels. They're I, like, I don't know. This is my startup tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, go ahead. This is done before we've even had a chance to sit down and eat the meal I've cooked. I don't know why exactly, but this behavior really annoys me. I, I would suggest that that requires further introspection from you, but <laughs> <laughs> she says it's because she's tired after eating and doesn't want to do it then. But I pointed out that she can pack her lunch after she has washed the dinner plates and while I am putting the leftovers into Tupperware containers. This has this has also happened once or twice when we've had guests for dinner. To me, making her lunch plate before anyone else has a chance to eat the food feels like self-serving behavior. She's literally serving herself first. Hmm. I feel like that's a child's understanding of self-serving in this case, but okay. <laughs> Maybe it's petty, but it bothers me. And when I mentioned it to her, she got defensive and said that I was creating a fake problem. That's true. Well, it's not a big issue. <laughs> While it's not a big issue, comma. <laughs> <laughs> Things you should never yeah. say on the internet publicly. It is an action that makes me feel not good. And she has the ability to change her behavior, but refuses to. <laughs> Am I the asshole and this is not a thing or should she wait until after we eat to pack her lunch? Um, I, why? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, you, this is you obviously care, but like, cared. why? What, what is, you know, this is like, who's being harmed here? Yeah, it, there's a couple of things going on here. So it, I, I can somehow un understand this person's concern about the behavior if it's reflected in a bunch of other aspects and areas of their partner's life, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. They didn't say that. Um, so like if they're always a person who's making sure to take care of themselves, like at the expense of, or in before other people, you know what I mean? Like that is the kind of person that would get on my nerves. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't because it, that's it doesn't just selfishness. sound like that's like, the case here. No, it just sounds like they're they have some sort of anxiety tied around packing their lunch for work. Yeah, or they just um, have like you know they just want to get it done. They're just have to tired, think about it kind of thing. Like they yeah. know they've got a like diminishing do this amount thing. of energy. Yeah, right. Yeah, or you know, let me pause it since it's only seems to be around cooking dinner. Um, bro, are you eating all the food? Is that what it is? Are they? That, that's also like, entirely likely is that they figured this out because they realize they get a smaller portion if they wait till the end and they don't want to, they don't want to like bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Like that is, that is very common behavior, especially, I mean, I guess I'm reading into this, that this is like a, yeah. like a man and a woman, like mm -hmm. couple kind of a situation. Um, and that is super common. Like I, I've seen so many guys like eat all the food and leave their partner like nothing. Mm -hmm. And they go like, my partner barely eats. And it's like, your partner is starving all the time. <laughs> right. Um, or they don't make enough. Yeah. And it's like their way of like manipulating and controlling. Like it's gets into weird eating disorder kind of shit. Right. Um, what was maybe their partner is knows they don't have a lot of discipline 
and that they'll eat out a bunch and they don't want to. So they're making sure they pack and they don't have an excuse. You know, there could be a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. It seems like you got to like actually talk to your partner about like the why of any of these things. Right. This is what's always amazing as someone who's like not had very many relationships and like, you know, I would say I'm not that experienced in this stuff. Like it always boggles my mind, the extent to which people will not talk to their romantic partners. And maybe that's like what it takes to have a romantic partner. Like maybe it's a lot of delusion and overlooking. And that's why I'm not super, you know, in relationships all the time. But like, Seems fairly obvious. Just like maybe communicate with them. I don't well, know. yeah. And so here's the edit. Edit. We had a chat about it. Agreed that when I cook, I will box her lunch as I plate our dinners. That way her lunch gets packed and put away and I don't get annoyed at her for swooping in on my hard work. So you so that reveals a little more. But also like what a surprise you chatted and ca- it came to a, a mutually acceptable solution, you know. <laughs> but also like the yeah. issue here is like. And this was, this is what got me is that like, obviously we're in agreement that this is a silly thing to care about, but a lot of the comments were saying that this guy isn't the asshole and their attitude was basically like, I'm the chef. I get to decide when people take the food kind of thing. And it's just like, no. Yeah. And it sounds almost like (laughs) Like because he included the fact, like she even does this when we have guests over for dinner. Yeah. I, I get the impression that they are a very, um, controlling um and like this this person based person do you know what i mean like yeah they're very like oh what will people think what are uh, this is not appropriate this does not meet the strict social well, uh, and constructs which i grew up in like this person clearly derives some significant amount of like self-worth or whatever from the fact that they yeah. cook you know and yeah. they feel like that's being diminished somehow by this so. which is strange because it's like you, you, no one's making you cook for them right like yeah, right yeah. So, <laughs> i don't know yeah people are so strange like i don't know my advice take it or leave it like actually talk to your partners mm. um and like don't just like tell them scary. hey i feel this way about what you're doing <laughs> ask them hey why are you doing that yeah help me understand what's going on right. here maybe you know but then you also <laughs> have to ask yourself like why is this and why is even something to bring up? Why is this, I think we can all agree, pretty innocuous action, like setting yeah. me off so much, you know? And why, why, is, yeah. why is my impetus to first blame, you know, my, my wife <laughs> rather than... Why is my impetus to go post about it on reddit.com? Yeah, ra- rather than like sit with it for a bit and go, why do I get upset about this kind of thing? And like, what could I possibly do about that? Instead of being like, why are you taking the food that I cooked you and putting it away it's before just, we've eaten it? It's like, I don't know. I'm so trying to be more people, efficient. So many people like cannot conceptualize an other or like think about somebody else yeah and i want to be very clear about this i'm the protagonist of reality um (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's why you Uh, go about your life in a kingly manner i I, know i cannot fail i can only be failed okay (laughs) (laughs) therefore unfortunately it's skill issue you know Ergo, <laughs> skill issue. It, it, in a Petersonian sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, 
why are people why are why, why are people i don't I know don't, i don't know well they me, don't teach this stuff in schools and i don't really know how they would but like they don't even make an attempt you know yeah these, I, these are I the just, things that you that like i feel like even if they made a passing attempt you know to to sort of teach this because it is a skill, like having to have this self-awareness to sort of stop yourself and go, wait, why is this annoying me? You know, like. Yeah. And most of us are forced into those things because of like difficult life circumstances. But I suppose if you like aren't really forced into that, right. then. It's amusing to me that like there's a there's a stigma around going to therapy, you know, but also like a lot of like. The people who need therapy the most are usually the people who don't think they need it, you know, because they're just not willing to admit that they. Yeah. And I also want to go back to I also want to go back to the point of like if you're in a relationship with someone and this is the kind of thoughts you're having about them, like you need to think about that, because to me. Yeah, this the is point a, of being uh, in a relationship is that you 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 have someone to like grow together with right? right you're you're not working on a team of one you're working on a team of two and like having discussions about i have this different ideal than you let's talk about it and figure it out and maybe i will learn something or you'll learn something and we can like become more whole people together like to me yeah. that's the most one of the most interesting and rewarding parts of a relationship why is that the thing you're avoiding about your relationship right. like i mean perhaps i don't understand it perhaps this is reading too much into it but it, it yeah it, maybe it feels but they posted it on right. am i the asshole like <laughs> it, it feels like the spark has gone out of your relationship and you should uh you know work on that <laughs> yeah maybe you guys should start you know experimenting to yeah. see other people you, open you know up separate our solution to this is open, you up, open your up your marriage, marriage. <laughs> um your partner sounds like a efficient no. person who packs lunches and cleans up so um send them my way i'll see yeah. you know see if that helps out. right <laughs> Oh man, anyway. let's. Uh, uh, this is the last segment of the day. Three, three takeaways there. Uh, go to therapy, yeah. talk to your mm -hmm. partners, and remember that I'm the protagonist of reality. That's that's all you need. Sure. Yep. Mm -hmm. Speaking of protagonist of reality, <laughs> have you ever have you ever heard of a little book called De Historia Piscinium? No, Piscium? I haven't. No. Um, <laughs> I, I almost, Andrew, just, it's a very short Wikipedia entry. Mm -hmm. So I almost want to go through the fun, the fun thing of having you read this in order. Okay. Because let's just do that. Read this right. Wikipedia entry for De Historia Piscium. De, De Historia Piscium, Latin for Of the History of Fish, is a scientific book written by Francis Willoughby and John Ray and published by the Royal Society in 1686. The book was the first illustrated work on fish to be published in England. Okay, okay, uh, interesting. Creation. Francis Willoughby began work on De Historia Piscium in 1663. Willoughby and Ray traveled together on a tour of Europe to study the natural world prior to the beginning of the production on, of the book. The book was completed by John Ray after Willoughby's death in 1672. Ray's motivations have been linked to the wider aims of the Royal Society, namely to recover knowledge lost after the fall of Rome. <laughs> now let's stop there, uh, because Return guys have been thinking about Rome since at least the mid-1600s. Yeah. Um, and also, I think it's interesting that, like, 
like most rich fuckwits today, everything they do is a masked way to like go do the vacations and things that they want to do. <laughs> and then they say, Oh, I was writing a book about it. Yeah. 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 This is for a book mm-hmm. uh, about fish. That's why I needed to travel everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Continue content. Willoughby and later Ray produced a system within day Historia Piscium, which would allow for the definition classification and identification of fish using external features. One of the main features of the book was its extensive illustrations financed by subscriptions to the society, but still a huge cost. The cost of the illustrations was the principal cause of the excessive expense of the publication of the book, which ultimately put serious strain on the society's finances. So they they went a little crazy with the pictures. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Typical scope creep in a project. Am I right, folks? Uh Uh, Failure and unpopularity. It was unpopular and sold poorly. causing severe strain on the finances of the society. This resulted in the society being unable to meet its prom- promise to finance the publication of Newton's uh, Philosophie Naturalis Principia Mathematica, uh, Mathematical Principles of Natural Philosophy, better known simply as Principia, leaving this to Edmund Halley, who was then the clerk of the society. So because they because they failed to, <laughs> to sell a book with pictures of fish, they couldn't print Newton's most important work. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is the one in which he elaborates the concept of calculus, amongst yeah. other things. And the, a book that expounds Newton's laws of motion and his law of universal gravitation. Uh, I mean, the book that just like exploded scientific advancement, right? right? <laughs> yeah. After Edmund Halley had personally financed the publication of Principia, he was informed that the society could no longer afford to provide him the promised annual salary of 50 pounds. Instead, Halley was paid with leftover copies of De Historia Piscium. This <laughs> is sort of. That's kind of insulting. What is he supposed to do with those? You can't sell them. This is the funniest thing. Like this actually happened. It's it's like so long and thanks for all the fish. Literally, like sucks to suck. Here you go. Here's a bunch of fish books about fish that nobody wants to read with really expensive illustrations. We can't pay you fifty pounds. Here's the leftovers (laughs) of this book. Good luck. (laughs) Now, I want to see scan images of the Historia. Piscium. I haven't looked at these Scanned yet. Scanned images. First, you can edition. go to a website. Let's see. Where's Where's the pictures? Download. What you got a down? What? Oh, view volume. View volume. Here we go. Illustration title page. Okay, so there. These pictures are in black and white. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. What is it? What is I know it? it's you, like you had to pay for color ink. Come on. I know it's the 17th century, but get 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 real. Oh my gosh, get me to the pictures. Like first 30 pages, I don't Tab there's no A2 pictures. Illustration. Let's see. Okay, Oh, they say text text text. There we go. Text 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 illustration. Um <laughs> well, there's a shark. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good drawing of a shark, I suppose. I it's guess, like a very scientific like stipply kind of drawing, like Yeah. Nothing I guess someone's got to draw it and then they have to like make a woodcut of it for the printing press, right? And so that's all just, yeah. you know, I'm just thinking about the time. You know, so yeah. you know that the guys like, well we'll just add one more illustration. The project manager for the book is thinking like that will add another 2 months, you know. <laughs> and it's been like how many are we Here, expecting to sell? He's like, the only, you know, <laughs> I, I what I hope is I, I hope that the p- persons who made the illustrations for this got 
uh, you know, paid well for their work because obviously they did quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Inshallah, they did. There's some, um, there's some, there's some animals in here that I don't think we would traditionally refer to as fish these days. So, oh, really? Yeah. Like I saw, like a like horseshoe what? crab and a stingray. Oh yeah, no, that's strange. I think those are those are considered distinct from fish. Yeah. Okay, that one's definitely well, a fish. <laughs> basically, uh, Whoa, this that's is a, a big hint boy. that you you need to go you need to go to our Patreon. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we're we're gonna get start. See, this is that's just seahorses. Those aren't fish. Those are seahorses. Seahorses aren't really a fish. Yeah. It's like right there in the name. They're not called not fish horses. Yeah, they're sea not sea fishes. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be seahorses. <laughs> <laughs> are are seahorses fish? Due to their unique anatomical shape and lack of scales, many people may not consider seahorses fish at first, but they are indeed. No, no, I don't, I disagree. They possess swim bladders to remain buoyant in the water and utilize gills to breathe. Mm. I don't know about that. Seahorses are so weird. I don't know. Have you seen a seahorse in real life? I have. They're they're, they're They're weird little creatures. They're weird little guys. Yeah, they're weird little guys. I tell you what, the animal kingdom is a weird, weird place sometimes. I mean, we oh, talked about second... the Australian megafauna, and boy, do they have some weird guys, you know. Also, the male seahorses are the ones that give birth. I think. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. So, oh, don't, 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 don't tell. Uh... Said, don't tell insert politician or right wing pundit yeah. here. <laughs> don't tell. Don't tell Bill Maher that. Yeah. Anyway, seahorses making out here, making turfs mad. Mm-hmm. All right. Day Historia well, like Piscium. Day <laughs> Historia Piscium. Philosophiae Naturalis Principia Mathematica. <laughs> I can't believe they, they freaking did that to my boy Newton. Yeah. Language just trying to out here give you maths. Neo-Latin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hmm. we, folks, if Latin's so good, why didn't they make a Latin too? <laughs> 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 oh all right um <laughs> i think that's a show that's a show i mean i didn't we didn't have much to go on and it's already uh we've you done an what? hour and 17 minutes yeah. <laughs> we're putting in less effort than ever before folks <laughs> Nah, that's what you get you get what you pay for am i right that's mm-hmm mm-hmm all right well, i'm gonna go have more peach bundaberg peach pe- <laughs> That that sounds like a dessert. <laughs> it sounds like a sexual act, it, sexual. Act. It, it sounds like a peach pastry. Bundaberg. Yeah, me, me and the lady are I, doing a peach Bundaberg tonight. I I got a dozen peach Bundabergs for the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. <laughs> I, what do they say? You know, I get my my dear, dear Aaron down in Georgia. Dear Aaron, comma enter enter. I purchased a dozen peach Bundabergs for the meeting, period. Skull emoji. (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better. 
think I'm gonna make it, but for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing.